It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Find me on Twitter on Talking ACC Sports. 
Right on, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. So speaking of Hokey Smash, he's he's pretty hilarious. I I, I enjoy your podcast with him moderating because he's big on his Hokies. He's really big on yeah, his yeah. Hokies. And <laughs> yeah, he, he lo- yeah he loves his, his Hokies, and I kind of I, I kind of let him just run with that, and I'm kind of the straight man on the podcast, <laughs> so that works out really well. <laughs> I hear so you're the objective, so you're the more objective one I can tell on the podcast. So, uh, you well, that, that's the nice thing. That's the nice thing about being, you know, being a blogger since we're not like in, we're not quite in the media, but we we follow it. Is we can still have our home ties. So, I mean, I'm still rooting for for my Tigers and my Yellow Jackets, but uh, you know, I, we we both try to look at it when we look at a team, stay pretty objective. But we we do have the teams we root for. Of course, of course. And uh, one last thing before I go into my own ties with the ACC. Um, so Clemson and Georgia Tech, graduate of both. So how does that work when they play each other like in football, like like the, when the, the annual cross-divisional cross rivalry games? I'm pretty sure it gets uh, a little, yeah. little heated down there. I, I, yeah, I got to be honest. When they, when they play each other, I, I'm rooting for Georgia Tech because that's where I spent the, the most time at. From, from my undergraduate, and then I went to graduate school at at Clemson. But I live in South Carolina, and all my wife and her her family are all Clemson fans. So it's it's great to root for them, except for that one day one day of the year where it can get a little uncomfortable. I bet it can. <laughs> yeah, I bet it can. That's where your wife gives you the stink eyes, like you know, quote unquote, the look. You know what I mean? Yeah, from, yeah. Uh, from home improvement night a few episodes ago, so. It's just pretty good stuff. Um, I went to undergraduate at North Carolina State University. Um, okay. You know, I really enjoyed my time in Raleigh, except when, when I was there, I'm probably a little bit older than you, but uh, when I was there in the mid-90s, mid to late-90s, um, it was during the Mike O'Kane years. That was back when okay. we had the talent, but we couldn't beat Carolina to save our lives. And that really just, oh, it was like I almost – Waiting for the other shoe to drop when it comes to NC State athletics in general, because when mm-hmm. when I would think we have that year, especially football, we have that year that we'll get over the hump, we're gonna make some noise in the conference, and all of a sudden, for whatever reason, that other shoe drops, the ball falls out of the season. I mean, I still have nightmares from uh, our game at, at Ohio State years ago, with you know during the Philip Rivers years when instead oh, of going yeah, yeah. for Instead of going for the win, down our coach inexplicably, and I'm not going to say his name because when I ever say his name, I get in a really foul mood. Uh, <laughs> he, he inexplicably went like went for the field goal instead of to win on the road at the horseshoe, and it still irks me to this very day. I mean, I think what if? I mean, what you know? What would have been? You know what I mean? So it's it's like that in basketball too. It's even worse in basketball actually. But at any rate. Uh, you can tell I'm pretty scarred by NC State Athletics. I love my Wolfpack still, but damn it, they scarred me. So uh, <laughs> you, you got you to be feeling. Well, we're going to talk some ACC, but you got to be uh, feeling a little bit of optimism with with your Wolfpack this year. They they got themselves a quarterback and uh, got some revenge right. on the Tar Heels last year. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. I'm pretty happy about it. We and we actually did well in the bowl game. So. Speaking of which, let's just, yeah. just get, get, uh, get right to it. Um, I was going to ask you who are the teams to be in, the, in, in both divisions, in the Atlantic and the Coastal, but let's just start off with the dark horses since we're talking about NC State. Uh, aside from NC State, who do you think your dark horses are in, in this coming season? Uh, sorry, you said who the who I think the dark horses will be? Yeah, yes, sir. Who do who you think the dark horses will be in the, in the conference this coming season? Okay, well, I think I, I think we you know we just talked about NC State, and I think right. they they are our course. I, I'm not sure if they're if they're quite equipped, you know, to overtake you know Clemson and Florida State this year. But that that's a team I really think can take a step forward this year. You know, build on that eight win season last year has a chance. They have a chance to win nine games, maybe even ten. They have a really favorable uh, schedule. They still have to play um, you know, Clemson and and Florida State and and Louisville, but they've got a pretty soft out-of-conference schedule, chance for them to start out. Yep, and you've got Jacoby Brissett playing quarterback <laughs> who played really well at the end of last year. I mean, all during the course of the year, he, he showed, you know, flashes of how good he 
he could be. And when he, when he kind of brought it all together towards the end of the year, I mean, NC State really played with a lot of confidence. I, I think Louisville is um, can be a dark horse in in the Atlantic uh, in the Atlantic Division. Uh, they they had a lot of players go to the NFL last year. Ten, I think, right after Florida State. Yeah, they they yeah they've got a lot of play. They got a lot of talent on defense that didn't play last year. They had the uh, Harvey Clemens kid from Georgia that's going to play this year. Uh, Devontae uh, Fields, yeah, Devontae Fields, who was the Big Twelve Player of the Year a couple of years ago, and at TCU. Yeah. So yeah, and they they got some great linebackers there. I think they're really going to give Auburn a lot of trouble. And so we're going to see right away how good Louisville is in week one. And those are a couple of teams that I think you got to keep an eye on in the Atlantic in the, in the coastal. I think most people are looking at Georgia tech and Virginia tech as, as probably the favorites, but a, yeah. another team that I think you need to keep an eye on is, is Pittsburgh. Uh, Pat Narduzzi coming from Michigan state you know, defensive. He built those great Michigan State Spartan defenses the last few years, and he, he's going to bring some toughness to Pittsburgh that they've lacked. And you combine him with what should be an improved defense. Plus, they have the best, in my opinion, the best running back wide receiver combination in, in the country with James Conner and right. Tyler Boyd. And those those are two All Americans and two future first and second round picks that are on his offense, plus they have an experienced quarterback, uh, Chad Vojtek, coming back. I think Pittsburgh, you know, if they can get off to a good start, they have they have a chance to make a lot of noise. And another team I think that people are really not paying too much attention to, and I'll tell you what, if, this, if, if North Carolina can beat South Carolina on Thursday night in Charlotte. Oh, my God. They're going to start the year 6-1. and one. If if they win yeah. that if they win that game, because there's no team more in the country that can be as inconsistent as North Carolina. I mean, they can right. they they can look like a top twenty team for four or five games in a row, and then look like they've never seen a football or even want to be out there playing in the next three or four. <laughs> if they can, if they can get that if they can get that momentum going from that first game, no no first game matters more to an ACC team than North Carolina. So definitely keep an eye on them if they can beat South Carolina in that opening game. You know what, man? Speaking of which, I read somewhere that I think it was with the CBSSports.com, one of the websites earlier today, yesterday, that uh-huh. no, that 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 um, not only do people, some a lot of people pick a Carolina to possibly win, a lot of people think that it may be a curb stop in the Carolina's favor, and here's why. Because Carolina has almost all that started starters on, on the offensive side of the ball coming back. Those cats are mm-hmm. dynamic. I mean, those cats, I mean, Marquise Williams, Switzer, all those boys, they are dynamic. I mean, sure, I mean, for some reason, they, they quit against NC State. Let's just call it what it was. They, they quit against the arch rivals last year. Right. So offensively, man, if they're focused and they're right, they can they can run up thirty points on anybody. I mean anybody. It's just the defense. I mean the defense is so bad. You myself and nine other cats can score thirty or forty on the defense last year. That's how bad it was. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. But yeah, and and, and and you know I like Gene Chizik. The higher Gene Chizik a lot. I like it a lot. And and I think that South Carolina. I mean they're going to be okay. I don't think they're going to be near as good as they were last year. They lost too many people on both sides of the ball, in my opinion. The defense was kind of suspect last year as well. So I think, to your point, not only should Carolina do well, they should win. I, I think Carolina should win that, that that game in Charlotte. If they don't win that game in Charlotte, that season, this is going to go south. I, I really yeah. do think that because it's I, set up I completely for, agree with point, you. It's set, up, it's, they, it's set up for them. It's set up for them to start off well next season. And, you know, Larry Fedora, the head coach, better be careful. If he underachieves this year, you know, there's a certain newly hired defensive coordinator that may take his place. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, I, I think that's a possibility, and and that's a it's a winnable game against South Carolina, like you said. Um, they're a team that lost quite a bit last year, and that was 
from previous years, I mean, there there are no more the Javion Clowney's on that team. There's no more Melvin Ingram. I, I saw them play when they played against Clemson last year in in Death Valley. I couldn't believe how slow I thought South Carolina was on defense. I mean, yeah. Clemson, Artavis Scott, the receivers of Clemson were running all over the field against South Carolina. It's the slowest they've they've looked in five or six years. They've got quarterback issues. Uh, they just, I think Connor Mitch, they named him uh, this week, but he, he's right. a new. He's definitely, North Carolina is going to have the advantage at quarterback. The defense of South Carolina, okay, maybe it's not as bad as North Carolina's was last year, but it wasn't a very good defense either. Um, and right. that, that is that is definitely a game that North Carolina should go in thinking that they can win. And for the sake of their season, I think it's a, it's a really a must win this early in the season for them. Right, and I, I do think that. And, you know, to your point about Pitt, a lot of cats are having, I think Pitt can really do some damage to the coastal division health. I think almost anyone outside of Virginia could do damage in the coastal division. Um, it's so wide open. But, you know, going back to who I think would come out on top, uh, how's that for us that way? I think that um, I have Virginia Tech winning the uh, coastal division narrowly. By the hairs of the chinny chin chin over Georgia Tech. I like both teams this year. I like the fact that Vod Tech has everyone in defense coming back. And, and, and I like the fact that uh, they do not have any serious injuries as of yet on offense, which really hurt them last year. So I think, and they have a favorable schedule outside of Ohio State, uh, more, that, more that game in a moment. But I really think it's set well for Vod Tech this year for redemption. And I also still, despite the fact that uh, Deshaun Watson is back, he's healthy, and they have a plethora of weapons on offense, they lost so many people on defense, that I think that Florida State would have sought their outcome of schedule. I think they're still the kingpins unless proven otherwise. What say you? Yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. I also think uh, Virginia Tech is going to win the Coastal. I actually, I think Georgia Tech and I feel pretty safe in saying this, actually. Georgia Tech is the best team in the Coastal Division. Mm-hmm. They ended last season playing as, as well as anybody outside of uh, – they finished last season playing as well as anyone who didn't make the playoffs outside right. of TCU. I mean, they, they were outstanding yeah. over the final month of the season, beating Clemson, winning at Georgia, uh, two-point loss to Florida State and then destroying Mississippi State in the Orange Bowl. I mean, they got a really, really good quarterback, Justin Thomas. He's made to run an option offense. I think he's the best option quarterback since Tommy Frazier when he played at Nebraska. I think he's he's that good. The problem for Georgia Tech, the problem for Georgia Tech is the schedule. It's it's a very Mm -hmm. difficult schedule, and they have to play Florida State and Clemson uh, as their crossover opponents. They got Notre Dame on the schedule. They still have to play Georgia. They have to go to Miami, which can be a tricky game, which is the week before yep. Georgia. And I th- they're, they're a top 15 team, and I still I think they're, they're going to win eight or nine games. And Virginia Tech, like you said, because they have that favorable favorable schedule, I think they'll, they will even lose at Georgia Tech but go six and two in the conference while Georgia Tech goes five and three. They have a great defense. The Hokies, like you said, they have a lot of people coming back. They have a great front four. They have a couple of great All American uh, Kendall Fuller's an All American corner. And if they can get anything out of their offense, and they have a couple more playmakers than they've had in the past, Bucky Hodges might be the the conference's best tight end. If they can get any kind of running game any kind of decent play out of their offensive line, I, I think this could be a, a bounce-back year for Virginia Tech. I, I could see them winning nine games, uh, but I also, I also feel like you they're, they're going to win the division really based because Georgia Tech's schedule is, is so difficult. Um, when you yeah. look at the Atlantic division, I really look at that as a, a toss-up. It, it came out today – that Florida State named Everett Golson as the starting quarterback, which was absolutely yeah, was no something. surprise. <laughs> that, that was absolutely <laughs> no surprise to anyone. Yeah, absolute shocker there. The thing you got to keep an eye on with Florida State, I know some people said that they, they, lose, they lose quite a bit 
off the offensive line. They lost a lot of players to the NFL. Uh, but they they got Dalvin Cook now. He's available. They're, they're all ACC running back. Uh, he's going to be available for the for the start of the season. His, his off the field uh, case was was you know he was acquitted. He was dismissed. So they're going to be fine with that. But what I really like about Florida State, they open up with a very easy their first four games uh, playing Texas State, South Florida, right at Boston College, which which could be a little bit tricky. That Boston tricky. College is getting that be tricky. yeah. But but they're rebuilding quite a bit too at Boston College. Yeah. Totally new offensive line, new quarterback, and and Florida State's just got more talent than them. Then they play at Wake Forest, and and that's a that's almost halfway through the season to kind of get Golson acclimated to the offense to get some of those young players experience before they play Miami and Louisville, and both of those yeah. games are at home. So I I, I have a I have a feeling that Florida State's going to be in the top five at some point during this season. And then, then they play Georgia Tech, which they still have to go to Georgia Tech and at Clemson, which which will be their tricky games. But Florida State's they're they're gonna be they're gonna be in the mix for that Atlantic along there with Clemson. And every time I've looked at Clemson, almost every person that you've discussed Clemson at all always starts and end with Deshaun Watson. If he's healthy, yeah. if he stays healthy, I mean, he's a Heisman Trophy caliber quarterback if he can be healthy. If he plays the whole season, I, I think Clemson is going to get Florida State in Death Valley, but I, I could see both both teams going 11-1, and one, and at worst maybe for Florida State going 10-2 and two if Watson plays healthy. If, if Watson gets hurt, misses a couple games, then – Unlike last year, I'm not sure if Clemson's defense can carry the team uh, the way it did last year. Last year was like a number one ranked defense in the country, and they could, they kind of yeah and they they have Vic Beasley and uh, Core Crawford I think I mean a couple of NFL draft picks and they were able to carry Clemson through most of the quarterback issues when Watson wasn't playing. I don't that that, that won't be able to be that won't happen this year. I don't think they're they're going to be a, a decent defense, a quality defense, but not a an elite group. He has to stay. He has to stay healthy if Clemson's going to reach the potential that they're they're going to try to reach this year under um, under Dabo Sweeney. So, if Watson stays healthy, I give them the edge over Florida State in the Atlantic Division. Got Clemson playing Virginia Tech in the title game. Yeah, see, that's the thing, Clemson. As much as I love Clemson's talent, I mean, that was screen, that's one heck of a, a recruiter, uh, to the least. There's so many ifs, to your point. You said a lot of ifs. If the Sean Watson stays healthy, if the defense, that young talent defense gets jails at Clemson, I think Florida State, they have their own set of question marks, namely how, how Golson will perform, even though I think he'll do well. They have the, by far the fewest ifs with the lighter schedule. Now, I think those two things are the biggest differences in the world. Um, but let me just ask you this. Um, speaking of teams with maybe a couple of question marks who are competitive, who should be competitive this year, am I crazy for thinking of Louisville maybe the second-best team record-wise in the athletic division? I, I don't think it's out of the question, but I'm not sure yet if, if Louisville's quite – at the level of a Clemson and a Florida State over the course of the whole season. And, and the reason sure. I say that is, is when you look at last year, Louisville was a really solid team last year. They won nine games. They won at Notre Dame. But they they still they still lost to Florida State at home in, in kind of a second-half collapse after that they led 21 yeah. or 24 to 0 early in the game with, with a lot of NFL talent on that defense. Um, they lost to Clemson, and it was a close game, but Clemson was also starting uh, Cole Stout, at quarterback, not Deshaun Watson, who, who had all kinds of issues last year, except for, you know, in the Oklahoma uh, bowl game where he played very well. And, and right. they weren't able to finish Clemson off. And then when they played in the bowl game against Georgia – uh, oh, they got bashed. You know, yeah, they, they they got bashed pretty good against a similarly talented team. You know, 
you know, uh, Georgia's kind of at that level, recruits at that level of a Florida State and and um, and Clemson. So they basically they went 0 and 3 against the three best teams that they played. So I'm I'm not ready to say that that Louisville is is at that level. They're, they're a solid program. They're a solid team. I, I think they're going to win eight or nine games again this year. They're a great addition to the ACC. But I'm, I'm not sure. They they might be a couple of years away from, from being able to beat a Florida State or a Clemson. Mm. You know, that's, that's true. It's it's like it's one of those things because I'm, as much as, this, I, as I'm not a big fan of this guy's personal life, but Bobby Petrino, that, that he's one heck of a coach. He's so proven, you know, where where he's going. You know, Louisville the first time around, then at Arkansas, he made it to a top ten team in two years. You know, with Ryan Mallard like swinging the rock. But I mean, it's it's something about Bobby Petrino, where he's been. You know, they 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 they, they have a lot of talent on defense. Uh, you know, with the aforementioned uh, Fields and Harvey Clemens um, on that side of the ball. It, it, I just think that for the for, for all the turmoil the ACC went through, it's like losing Maryland was the, probably the best thing that's happened to the, to the league because they bring in the, a more competitive <laughs> athletic school like in Louisville. So as far as Maryland goes, I still say this, but good with us, Maryland. We don't miss you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you're you're right about that, and we've we've had Louisville. Uh, um, guys on our on our podcast before, and they're really thrilled to be in the ACC. And I think most ACC fans are thrilled to have Louisville. And and just like you said, their athletics program has been out outstanding. I mean, they had a, a yeah. solid football program. They have they made it to the Elite Eight in basketball. Uh, their baseball team was uh, in the top ten most of the year. Their women's basketball team, I think, went to the Elite Eight or Sweet Sixteen this year. And, and they just have an all-around great athletics program, and they've been a great addition to the to the conference. And and just as you said, Bobby Petrino, he is a great coach, and I, I think in a year or two he will have Louisville at that level where they're competing right there with Clemson and Florida State. And, and you you can look at it like those will be three top fifteen teams. I just don't think he's quite there yet this year. Still on that Thursday, on that Thursday night when they host Clemson, it, it's it's not out of the question they can pull that that upset. I mean, in a, in a one game set, they they can win that game. Yeah, yeah, and that that place is going to be bananas. I mean, that's a such a great atmosphere. I remember that that place, the atmosphere when they played Florida last year. I mean, just it's a great atmosphere, and Louisville's just 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 been great. Thank thank God for Louisville. Thank thank God for Louisville. Uh, speaking <laughs> yeah, of absolutely. Yeah, speaking of teams of talent, this one team, particular team, that I remember, again, I'm a little bit older than you, but I remember from the 80s, when, like throughout my childhood, that had that talent, that to go with that swagger, there was a coach and everything, the University, the University of Miami Hurricane. I mean, it's like, it's baffling to me because they have so much dang talent. They're probably the most talented team in the, in the Coastal Division. And to, to see them, especially with all the draft picks they had this past year, to see them win only six games, go six and seven with that talent, and they have more talent coming in this year and even more talent coming in the following year. So with all that said, is this or should this be Al Golden's last stand in Coral Gables, Florida? Well, I, 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 was, I was a kid, but I remember those teams from the from the late eighties and stuff, I think I think we're kind of we're closer on on an age than uh, you know. I went to I went to school in the, in to college in the in around those nineties too, so I think we're pretty close on, oh. on remembering these teams. <laughs> yeah, um, cool. Uh, yeah, ab- absolutely. And but you're right about Al uh, Golden. I mean, they they had some talent on those teams on that team mm-hmm. last year. I think they had five or six players drafted into the NFL. Um, Duke Johnson there was that running back. I mean, they had great skill position. And I know he had to deal with the NCAA stuff for uh, for a couple of years, for a few years there. You know, they, they had the postseason ban and lost the scholarships. And I think people were, were pretty patient with him. There wasn't really too much pressure. Right. But I think now the pressure is really starting to build up. 
and you're, you're really starting to look at like can can he get it done? I mean, he he had a quality co- quarterback last year, even though he was a freshman, uh, Brad Kaya, and they, yeah. they after after that Florida State loss, they kind of just checked out for the rest of the season, and <laughs> yeah. that, and uh, you know since they the since the year before when they started seven and zero, I I believe. I mean, they've really struggled. They they played poorly, really poorly the year before in the bowl game with Louisville. They lost last year in the bowl game to a, a mediocre South Carolina team. And yeah. I, I think that the Heat is, is really getting turned up on, on Golden. And he's getting no favors with the schedule this year. He's got to play the, the crossover games with Florida State and Clemson. But unlike yes. uh, Georgia Tech, who I, I think can manage – who can manage this, this schedule and still win eight or nine games, if not the, the division, I don't think Miami is going to be able to handle their schedule. And, and unless Brad Kaya just turns it on and can just simply just take over, uh, you know, that team and that program and just kind of carry it on his back, I, I think the pressure would be really on Golden by the end of the year if they have another six or, or seven win type season. Yeah, they should be a lot better than what they are. Yeah, I know they should win at least eight or nine. If they don't win eight or nine, I think Golden's done. Uh, despite the fact that he has a, one of the top recruiting clubs coming in in 2016, um, and it's shameful because again, he's he's a for a good as good a, a recruiter that Golden has proved in South Florida. I mean, look at the cast that he's bringing in. It's just that for some reason, it's just a disconnect. I don't know if it's bad coaching. I don't know what it is in the locker room. I mean, but there's there's some there's some cries from from fans out there to get rid of the, his defensive coordinator. Um, it's just it's just a hot mess. I mean, so I don't know. I, I, part of me thinks that being that Golden stuff with with, uh, with the U throughout this lean years, thanks to the Sanctions, the cloud of sanctions hanging over the program's head. I think, and plus with the class he's got coming in next year, next season, again, one of the tops in the country, I think they should give him one more year just for the the Mm -hmm. sake of his loyalty to the school. He could could have gone to Penn State. He could have have run away, but he he chose to stay, to stick it through, to to take the youth, to got the youth throughout the storm, which which he's done. But I think he should get one more year with that class he has coming in next year. But how about this? Let me just, just throw this. Just, let me just throw this at, at, at you. And I just and I swear I just thought about this off the top of my head just now. What do you think about the possibility of Lane Kiffin coming to Southeast? Lane Kiffin at the U gets restoring the swagger. I'm just saying it may not. I don't think it will happen. But given given his track record, but I'm just saying it's so tantalized just to at least think about that. <laughs> I think it'd be it'd, it'd be great for publicity. Uh, I, I think it'd be kind of a a huge name hire. But I, I am not yeah, a fan yeah. of Lane Kiffin. <laughs> I, I'm not I, think, I never yeah, I never understood how he he at at such a young age he was ending up with these great jobs coaching the Raiders and Tennessee and then USC and really never accomplishing that much as a head coach. I, I think I think he does a pretty decent job as as a as a uh, offensive coordinator. I thought Alabama's mm-hmm. offense last year was was pretty good and he 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 uh uh utilized Amari Cooper really well and if I'm remembering right Blake Sims was the quarterback at Alabama last year. Right, right. Is that yeah, right? That's right. And and I, and I thought he I thought he did a pretty good job with with the Alabama offense, but I'm not sure if you if you want him as a, as your head coach. <laughs> but how about talk about a circus that would be? Uh, <laughs> that would be a, the ultimate circus. But um I got a couple of things but, to 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 throw at you and then I'll get you uh out of here. Um uh, so about the it just talks about the ACC channel, you know. We there's some there's some talk going back and forth, and I bring this up because you know it's football season, and football pays bills. But and, and I think in the in the ACC's case, in addition to football, we have the best. I don't care anybody says we have the best college basketball conference in the country. Big Twelve, shut your mouth. 
Uh, big, big oh, yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. Go back to your room. Um, I think we have hands down, especially this coming season. We're going to be absolutely bananas. We have one of the best baseball conferences in the country. We have the best, not many people care about this, across conference in, like in the country. What I'm trying to say is we have the inventory, we have the cachet, we have the, we have the markets, the media markets uh, um, to pull it off. We don't have to have as much carriage because they have like Raycom Sports, Kansas Macy Seat games throughout football and basketball season. And they have the infrastructure in Charlotte already set up for it. So do you think the ACC channel would be a reality? And if so, would it be much sooner or much later than we all would anticipate? Well, to go along with with what you uh, just said about the basketball, you know, the ACC, they they had a few lean years there a little bit, you know. Yeah. Based on, you know, on their history, you know, they were – for a good portion of the ACC's history, they were the best basketball country, basketball conference in the in the country. And then I would say the Big East overtook them, and even the Big Ten, uh, in some ways, overtook them the last few years. But I think last sure. year, the, the ACC reestablished itself as the premier basketball conference in the country. Duke winning the national title. They were five ACC teams in the Sweet Sixteen. You know, yes. your NC State knocking off number one seed Villanova. This is a, a team that finished hey. in the middle of the pack of the ACC and, and knocked know, off right? a number one seed. Uh, you know, Notre Dame gave us Kentucky as good a game as any team did last year outside of losing to Wisconsin. And uh, the ACC is really, really deep with basketball-wise. And, you know, I think that does factor into a channel. And as, as far as as far as that uh, – one of the best writers in the ACC, David Teal, who writes for the Daily it. Press in Virginia, and he he does a Love great job. Too. He he's put about as much information out there and and is in tune with John Swafford as any journalist in the you know that covers the ACC. What you see right now is it's gotten really really quiet. There are no statements coming out from Swafford. I know ADs are talking about it, but in the background you hear the buzz that this network is is on its way, that it's in in the works, and I really believe that it is on the on the way, because if it weren't, you would just make the statement that it it's not it's not coming. I mean, you're not going to indefinitely say they're just talking about it. I, I think I, I think they're in the closing stages of of getting these negotiations done with. ESPN and and my feeling from from some of the things Teal has has put out and from some what other some of the other guys that cover the ACC on a daily basis, I, I think 2017 is, is going to be the year that it, that it launches. And I I do think we'll have an ACC network, and I, I think it'll be now a little bit sooner than later. I don't think it's five six yeah. years down the road. I'm I'm, right. I'm thinking 2017 might will likely be the year for it. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. I'm thinking that, you know, they lost the leg were made behind the scenes, and I think that given, especially given that Swafford is known as the, the ninja commissioner anyway, um, when he when he, when when according to, to David Teal, when when he put a moratorium on the talks outside of the uh, the, the conference, like like uh, regarding the status of the ACC channel. That that tells me that it's in the works and it's they're pretty far along, and they don't want to tip any hands or tip the, the negotiations. Um, so I think that's it. But just um, just just a wild card question: Do you see any scenario where the possible negotiations may or may not may involve Notre Dame football? Uh, um, you know, because Notre Dame has its own NBC channel, NBC. Contract, I get that like fifteen mil per year or something like that. But do you think it's a possibility? The reason why they're another reason why is because they're trying to figure a way to possibly entice Notre Dame behind the scenes. You know, that's a that's a really interesting question. And just today, uh, Dennis Dodd from CBS Sportsline, he he put out yeah. twenty five bold predictions for college football, and at the very last. His very last prediction was the ACC will get a network 
and soon after, a major independent, you know, hint, wink, wink, will also join the conference. And, I mean, from what I know about Notre Dame, I, I kind of just can't see it at the moment. Um, right. I mean, I, I think they are part of that, you know, part of that discussion because if the ACC gets a network, you know, all their basketball games and, and Olympic sports will be on the ACC network and probably a That's couple right. of uh, football games still because of, uh, my understanding is when Notre Dame goes to an ACC um, uh, home site of a you know, if they go to a Clemson or a Virginia Tech, that's that's a game that could be eligible for an ACC network. So I think they are involved, I think, from that level. But it's hard for me to see Notre Dame joining the ACC here in the next two or three years. Notre Dame, they're really fiercely holding on to their independence. And yes, they, they are. They've made their, yeah, they've made their name on that, on on. on scheduling nationally and playing games across the country and staying independent. Now that said, uh, I think at some point, I believe Notre Dame will join the ACC. Uh, I don't really see it in the next two or three years, but maybe 10 years from now, you, you're already hearing rumblings from other coaches talking that, you know, Notre Dame needs to play a, a, a conference schedule. The committee made it pretty clear last year that they want teams to win their conference, and they're giving weight to that. And if Notre Dame yeah. is an independent and they lose a couple games without that conference championship game, you know, fair fair or not, it may play a role. Uh, so at some point, I, I do think they will join the ACC. I don't I don't see it in the near future, but you know, with John Swafford, if he if he were to pull that off and and have it some kind of joint announcement of a network in Notre Dame, I, I, I that would be like the 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 most ninja move ever of, of any every commissioner of of the last twenty years. I mean that was that was just one of those things where he'd be on stage and he just drops the mic and walks off stage or something. Hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you picture him just all folksy and all calm and classy? Just says that and just drops the mic with Jack, with Jack Swarbrick standing beside him like doing Running Man. You know, it yeah. would just be hilarious. That, that that would be unbelievable. But but you know there there's a little bit of there's a little bit of you know noise about that about that Notre Dame. But I, I really can't see it for for the next next couple of years. But I think eventually eventually I think it'll happen. Right, right. I mean, especially when you're talking dollars and cents, uh, you know, anything's possible. Um, one more thing right. before, um, well, a couple more more things. Uh, as far as the opening weekend, you know, the ACC has big games. You know, I mentioned the, the aforementioned Vodtech, Ohio State game, Louisville, Auburn. We already gave our own little pronunciations on US, on South Carolina and UNC. Um, how do you think we will fare, this conference will fare after week one going against the likes of Auburn and Ohio State just this weekend? Well, I've kind of been – I've been saying this for the last month, and I hope I don't get get proven wrong. I, I've been saying that one of those games, the ACC, an ACC team is going to win. Louisville is going to beat Auburn, or Virginia Tech is going to beat Ohio State again. One or the other, one or the other is going to happen. Is, is what I've been saying. So, and I still feel like that those two teams are good enough. If they catch Auburn or Ohio State on the off day, they can win, they can win either one of those games. Uh, Louisville is bringing thirty or thirty five thousand fans down to the Georgia Dome, so it, it's not going to be a, a, a virtual home game for uh, Auburn. And they're going to have a lot of fans there, but there's going to be a lot of Louisville fans there. <clears throat> and Virginia Tech, they, they've already proven that they can beat Ohio State. I mean, they they did right. it in the horseshoe in in Ohio. State. At Ohio State in Columbus last year, and uh, they don't have to go into that game feeling like that. You know, they have an impossible task. I think for them to to beat Ohio State is exactly the blueprint is the same as it was last year. If they can run the ball, if they can rush for 125 yards or more in that game, if they can establish running game, I, I think their defense is good enough. You know, not not to completely stop 
Ohio State, I don't think any team in the country can completely stop them. But I think that um, Virginia Tech's defense is the best defense Ohio State will have played since the last time they played. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that, um, you know, Alabama fans are probably going to be irate if they hear this, but Virginia Tech's defense is better than Alabama's was last year. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, talent-wise, at least. I mean, until those injuries hit. Right. And then uh, a couple of the other opening games, we talked to – sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I was was, 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 was just agreeing with uh, with you, so my bad on that. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, we talked about North Carolina, South Carolina. I think that game is is an absolute toss-up. Um, you, you got yeah. two teams that are that are trying to get into game one, and and trying to build something for the season. You know, both have huge question marks, pretty shaky defenses. The the one thing that could be in North Carolina's favor, they're better at quarterback than South Carolina. Yes. And the the other the other ACC game, yeah, much better. And the other ACC game, and this is the kind of game that. You know, as I want ACC teams to do well out of conference because that that benefits the teams that I, that I root for and that I talk about is Virginia playing UCLA is also on the schedule, and I don't understand. We've been bringing up stuff all year on our podcast is why Virginia schedules mm-hmm. the way they do, and this is the kind of game where Virginia is really probably overmatched playing UCLA, and it might even turn into a blowout. Yeah, and it might even turn into a huge blowout for the Bruins, but then it becomes a black eye for the ACC. Like, oh, you you know, pack, you know, pack twelve one ACC zero when you're taking, you know, a, a a dark horse college playoff team playing, arguably one of, well, not even arguably, but one of the worst teams in the ACC, and they really schedule this game for that. They had no business scheduling. Their whole right. I've, I've had a big problem with Virginia scheduling all all year. Them scheduling the Oregon's and the Boise States and the UCLA's over the last couple of years, just just over scheduling. It's bad for your program. It's bad for them. They're they're not at that level where they should be playing those kind of games right now. Right. That's just. I think Mike Lund just wants to quit. I think he just wants to go home and take his ball with him <laughs> and collect his checks. I think he just wants out at this point. Um, one last question. Um, who will win the ACC championship this year, and will that get them into the college football playoff? And a, if, and a, and a, a 12-1 ACC uh, champion will get into the playoffs if, okay. if they finish 12-1. and one. And I, I think that it, it is it is going to be Clemson to win the championship, but as we've said today, and we said all year, and everyone says it, it's all dependent on how Deshaun Watson, if he can stay on the field for an entire year. He he takes a team that's maybe a top a top thirty type team that would be ranked around twenty five to thirty into a, a legitimate top ten team. He's he's that good. If, if he can stay healthy. And um, I think a one-loss ACC team does make it into the playoffs. I think the conferences now, they're so bunched together. I mean, I still give the edge a little bit to the SEC and the Pac-12. I think they're a little bit ahead overall of, of, everyone, of everyone else. I'm not going to make that statement. The ACC is on par. They're, they're not. But no. I think they've more than proven over the last two or three years that – that they have quality teams. Florida State won a national title. Clemson's had several huge wins. Georgia Tech was a top ten team last year. Boston College beat a top ten USC team. USC team. Virginia Tech beat Ohio State. I mean, there's there's really high quality football being played in the league, and they've done it where they needed to do it. They've won big out of conference games. So I, I don't think I, I question anyone that that. It, quickly puts the ACC at the bottom of the Power Five. I, I question that because I really don't think they're really looking at the results of what's been happening on the field. You know, it's not 2006 or 2007 when the ACC was really struggling. This is a conference that once went 6-1 and one the last three years against uh, in a big six bowl. That's, that's the best record of any Power Five conference. Yeah, right, right. And it's just always that perception, man. That's why, you know, they have to adopt uh, and they've been adopted 
the late Al Davis slogan by saying, just win, baby. <laughs> just win, baby. Yeah. But I think that, that uh, is I, absolutely right. Yeah, they, yeah, they have to win. Um, I, I got Florida State winning this conference. Uh, again, I think, you know, the schedule is not as daunted as Clemson's. And if they can yeah. get, if they, and they, they do beat, if they're able to beat, to win at either Clemson or at Georgia Tech, finish the season 12 and 1, I think that's enough to get them in. I, I don't think that you have any undefeated teams this season to begin with. So I think that um, that's good enough to get them into the playoff. So I'd be shocked if anything else happens, uh, otherwise happens. But I think that the conference is very competitive. I think it's stronger than it's been in recent seasons. And I'm excited, man. I'm so excited. But thanks a lot, Jeff. I appreciate you coming on, and uh, I had some fun with this. Maybe we'll do this again another season, possibly with Hokie Smash. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure that he would enjoy it, and, and I appreciate you having me on. It was it was a lot of fun just, just talking ACC football. Right on, man. Take care. Enjoy okay, season. thanks a lot. Bye. All right, peace out. That's my guy, Jeffrey Fan from uh, All Sports Discussion, Sports Vlog. Previewing the ACC to 2015. That was fun. I really enjoyed that. And to his point, to just point, I think it's unfair that ACC is getting bad fun. football season as well uh, but uh, we'll see about that we'll see about that what they do on Upland weekend if they can make a statement or not but anyway thank you for tuning in Scott Burks the Clown Hour signing off 06 y'all Good night. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.